0: Welcome to What The If News. All the news that's fit to infect you with knowledge. Oh, it's terrible. It's a holiday. My puns are off. With me, fearless correspondent virologist from Rockefeller University, Gabby Panicia. Gabby, how are you?
1: I am good. In... The words of Sting, I have basically just been telling everyone, don't stand so close to me, nonstop, <laughs> as I've been slowly starting to venture outside. Uh so that's I think that's about a good summary of how it's been going over on this end.
0: That's brilliant. Yeah, wow. A prophet. A profit in so many ways. <laughs> Before yeah. his time. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> um you were you were mentioning that uh interestingly, the uh, we did an episode about masks a little while ago, so if you hadn't heard that, listeners, uh, go back and check that out. And you were mentioning that you had done that before you had actually been out, and that since you've been out now, you have a lot stronger feelings about the issue of people not wearing masks.
1: Oh, yeah. I definitely didn't realize the scope of just just all of the different ways that people are managing to to mess up social distancing. I mean, I'm, I'm in, you know, Manhattan proper. Like, it's very hard to be away from people. Sometimes the sidewalks aren't that wide or there's still construction blocking it. And the amount of just people not being aware of where they're standing um, or, you know, wear, being outside with a mask, but wearing the mask on their chin. Like, I, I definitely would have been a lot angrier during that if I'd, you know, taken more time outside.
0: Yeah, the chin mask. So we'll we'll come back to that. That just sort of sets the stage uh, for today's uh, quick news update and science exploration around the news about uh, COVID nineteen and those who do not love it. Um, uh, If you don't know, this is uh, we do two kinds of shows on this channel. Um, At some point, I think the news one may split off into its own feed, but uh, for the moment. Um, you if you're here for the regular show, uh, actually, another episode just went up—a fantastic one about entangled brains using quantum entanglement to entangle two people's brains. What the if? Yes, that's our regular show. Our feature presentation of the week usually goes up on Fridays. Uh, This one just went up today, actually, um, with an amazing physicist from MIT. So check that out. And then in between, we've also we're we're doing these news updates about the um, the pandemic situation that continues to uh, circle the globe and uh, our incredibly knowledgeable and insightful and uh, eloquent explainer for these topics is Gabby Panicia from Rockefeller University And so uh, usually what we do is each week we play a little news story and then uh, from the we got off the uh, off the internet's off the mass medias and uh, then we talk about it so this week, um, everybody's kind of going out, trying to resume normal life in the appropriate way, just to, to certain levels of success or not, uh, in the United States. And I think in Europe and elsewhere, you're even, uh, those of you who are listening from there a little bit further beyond, I'm interested, interested what's happening with you guys you can email us feedback at what com. let us know um so here in america as the great opening up begins we have a big national holiday today called memorial day um, not related to virus although uh, it's uh like a well, to remember the dead of the wars unfortunately america has been in um but uh also is taking on a double meaning this year um, and also it's a big holiday for going out and having barbecues and um, eating hot dogs and doing all those American things and also getting your hair cut for some people. And so, uh, cert- uh, again, if you're not familiar, we have 50 states and each one of them is uh, allowed to do its own thing. And even within the states, I think there are certain localities that technically probably should be following the governor's uh, Orders, but may even go their own way. So it's a continent-wide chaos um, Also, or beta testing, if you're curious as to how society can spread a virus. So uh, our headline today comes from St. Louis, Missouri, smack in the middle of the lower 48 of the United States. Um, and this is from a local story from uh, Channel 5 in uh, St. Louis, KSDK. Local news. Here we go. It's about two minutes. And then we will talk with Gabby on the other side.
1: You can put down your scissors and step away from the mirror. Many St. Louis County and city hair salons will be reopening next week. But be ready for changes when you walk into your next appointment. Five on Your Sides' Tracy Henson spoke with both county and city salons about what your next hair visit could be like. Tracy's live in Valley Park tonight. Tracy?
2: Art, well, I know hair isn't quite your problem. It is definitely some of ours. And the next time you step into a shop like Blue A Color Salon, you'll probably be asked to wear a mask like this one. Now, these masks, probably not such a bad thing, especially for the stylists who may need to cover up their facial expressions when they set eyes on whatever you've attempted to do at home. I'm sure there's been some. COVID bangs being cut. <laughs> Husband and wife team Charles and Nicole Gillick have been busy getting their St. Louis County salon ready to welcome clients back in. And Charles has been working nonstop in here, just trying to get things ready, building our part- Like We have plastic partitions that we have to put in in between our shampoo areas. We'll have one at our front desk as well for when people are checking out like the sneeze guard. So yes, our salons will certainly look different. If your stylist works outside the city or county limits, you may have already noticed the changes. Kathy Johns owns Michael A's Hair Salon in St. Peter's, which has been open for the past two weeks. Our waiting room is closed. We take their temperatures before they come in, um, and everyone has to wear a mask. Her salon is still doing blow dries, but both Blue A Color in St. Louis County and Salon 161 in St. Louis City will not.
0: No blow dryers for us. Um, You know, other states are requiring that salons are not using blow dryers as far as spreading germs.
2: For these owners, they never thought they'd see the day where their clients walked out with wet hair.
0: I do like to see my work finished, um, you know, but we can see that more in the future. We're kind of excited about it because
2: we think it could open up a whole new level of styling lessons for our guests. Now, while the stylists tell me they have plans for sending people out with wet hair, I know for hair like mine that must be beaten into submission with hot tools, I'll probably be walking out in a fancy towel wrap in Valley Park. I'm Tracy Hinson, five on your side.
0: Yes, and Tracy, uh, if you can see the video, look that up online, uh, or I'll put it on the website too. Um, Tracy, the re- the valiant reporter there, does that whole report with a giant towel wrap on her head standing in a parking lot outside the salon. I thought that was that was brave. You know, sometimes they go into hurricanes, other times they just have to go out on a bad hair day. And I can appreciate the horror and the danger and the courage it takes to do such a thing. So uh Gabby, your reaction. There's a lot of stuff going on in there. Interesting, like a lot of different techniques people were trying. Um but what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean so I think on the surface all of their things seem very reasonable, right? Like you want to go into a place and make sure it has sneeze guards. So, you know, the people working there are protected and whatnot. Um, But I think the problem that we're going to run into in a lot of this is that fundamentally, people are still trying to go about their life as normal as things are opening up. So they're not just going to that hair salon. They're going to the grocery store, which is probably getting increasingly more packed um, as people are going out. They're probably also going out in multiple groups. Um, like more people going grocery shopping together as opposed to just one person being sort of like the designated going out person um they 're you know probably seeing their friends more now because social distancing is relaxed they think it 's safe um, so while a lot of businesses are taking really like proactive steps to make sure that people aren 't infected there um people are now coming into more contact with each other than ever before it 's not like they 're venturing out for that one haircut and then going back inside um which I think is sort of running into a a bit of a problem. Um, Like, for example, one of the stories that we were talking about before we started recording um, was also in Missouri. There was a gigantic, like, pool party at this bar thing. And it was hundreds upon hundreds of people. And if you look at the video, it's like, I I could have a borderline panic attack just imagining myself in that situation. It's insane. There are so many people crammed into this space. Um, And if all of those people went out after this to go get haircuts or, you know, went out before this to a bar or something like that, you know, you can't really control for what people do before they interact with you. Um, so I think that's going to be one of the problems that we see as things are opening up. As, as much as businesses and whatnot may try to be safe, as safe as possible, you know, human contact is one of these exponential functions. If you ask me everyone I, who I interacted with on a normal day and then ask all of them who they interacted with, you're going to get a, a sequentially growing population of people all interacting with each other. It's, it's, it's like the bacon number or whatever, like how many degrees you have to go like until you can reach. Like It's a lot smaller than most people expect. So in a similar way, as, as you're running around and like talking to people, uh, you're infecting a lot farther or, or interacting a lot farther than you might realize.
0: I think what we need to do is people need to think, look, it just let's make it simple for people. You could be infecting Kevin Bacon.
1: Yeah, and you really don't want to do that.
0: Kevin Bacon. <laughs> I mean, we've, we got to check in on his health because with <laughs> so many people six degrees away from him. Now, the virus. Um, uh, this is a flippant question, but, but I'll take a step back afterwards and get more scientific. But can a virus spreads? Well, Tell me, the virus can spread more than six degrees, can it? In fact, it's
1: I mean it's spread worldwide. I think it Yeah basically counts. Like it's
0: so in fact we are all some number of degrees away from the first person who got it.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. And and that's part of why like when people get, you know, coronavirus samples, sometimes they're sequenced. Um and so people have been tracking There's this, oh God, I can't remember the website exactly. I I can dig it up and send you the link, but there's like this whole like tree for all of the coronavirus samples or like a good chunk of them. Um, And so it essentially shows from the beginning where they branched out from. So you can see, okay, this one, this, I mean, I'm just spitballing where it came from, where I don't actually have this off the top of my head. Um, But say like all of the samples that went everywhere else were first from China but then this one that landed in Italy, it was actually from France or something like that. Um, like I said, I don't think that's exactly, you know, what happened. I, I don't remember the order.
0: Well, they um, were saying, like uh, Governor Cuomo of New York has been talking about that uh, really looks like we got in New York, the virus came here via Europe. Oh, yeah. Uh, probably it, Italy, uh, not via China, although what he means is that it went to Well, we don't know, but we're assuming it, it, good evidence, right, that it did begin in China, but then it went from China to Italy. Uh, Oh, yeah, and and we have good evidence,
1: too, that this started before we actually really even noticed it. So, like, I think in France, they had some evidence that it had been around since late December or something like that. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm.
1: And, of course, everyone I know has basically been, you know, counting off on their hands, like, wait, you know, I, I had this mystery flu, like, four months ago and it really knocked me out and like even my own mom like was like oh my god i had this really weird weird flu in in like january and it is possible that this was spreading among us for a lot longer because people i think i think in new york we were counting we, we keep a track of flu-like illnesses um and you see a big spike um before we were even recognizing that coronavirus was here in new york um which is pretty indicative that yeah that Probably was what it was. And I think some people are are back testing samples um, from what what they had taken originally that didn't test positive for the flu. And like, oh, oh, yeah, this was coronavirus.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I'm really convinced I had it Um, first week of February, February 5th um, for the first week, week and a half of February. Although I did go, I got antibody testing, although it was literally the first day that they were offering it and it came back (laughs) negative negative. It said you didn't have it. So I, don't I
1: think know. there's like a 20% false negative like rate on that. It's the, the original antibody tests were like really bad. There was like way too many people making antibody tests. So you may have not even gotten a good antibody test. That's
0: right. I think I'm going to go back and, and, and do it again. Um, and uh, yeah, cause I came home literally, I think I might've mentioned on a show a few weeks ago that uh, I came home and started listening to podcasts as I do. And it was a podcast with Bill Nye and his guest, uh, was saying, you know what? Uh, don't get your virus. Don't get your antibody test yet. They're no good. Okay, great. One hundred fifty bucks. Insurance. The insurance company. All right. So, but but let's get back to so um, the hair salons and the pool parties. Um, let's go with this. Here's one of my real questions, and this has been a challenge. In fact, I've in talking with this issue, if uh, I look at the footage of people on the beach. Okay, we can go all the way back to that. When we were talking about that, like Florida originally had the beaches open and there were all these kids went down there for spring break Mm -hmm. and a bunch of them got it. And they would always show this footage of people on the beach. And so forgetting even hair salon, here's something that's outside in the sun, lots of wind. Uh, Do we think, what I've been reading is actually real scientific articles saying, you know what, you don't, Get it there, and I've had doctors telling me we don't really have any record of anyone getting infected outside. That isn't prob but but it may have been in a bar. It may have been during travel there. Did they all fly there? You know things like that. But do, I what, definitely what, think what do outside is
1: safer. Um, when but there's also a thing of like how much can you really control for the variable of other people. Um. So you go outside and you sit on a park bench. Do you know who was there before you and who, you know, wiped their nose on the back of their hand um, and then put it down on the bench? Um, and, and that's something where, like, you know, too, you, you have to think about maintaining proper distance from people. Um, I, I took a walk. I went up to the park that's on, like, 86th. Um, and it, people were crowded on the lawn. And they were maybe only like three or four feet apart from each other. And if you're sitting there four hours with all, you know, all of their masks pulled down because they're all talking and eating, drinking, it, it's just one of these things of, you know, how much do you really want to be outside having a picnic right now? Um,
0: which or even If you knew that that person sitting across from you was infected right now, would you be sitting with them with their mask off? I mean, you kind of have to right? That's the thing, right? You kind of have to assume everyone has it.
1: Yeah. And and it's one of these things where like, sure, you, you can you can see your friends and, and define your so- and define your social circle. Some people have been doing that. And it's it's fairly effective, essentially, where if, you know, you know that you're only going to be interacting with these people and they're only going to be interacting with you. Essentially, you are a quarantine group. It's the same thing if you decided to quarantine with your family at the beginning of this, just because you might not normally live with them doesn't mean they're you know, automatically supposed to be treated as infected. You, As long as you're all like quarantining together and agreeing to only interact with each other, that's fine. Um, but when you start introducing the variables of being outside or say you have to take a subway to visit your friend, well, that's introducing more variables of, of contact. And if you're in a state where things have, air quotes, gone back to normal and you decided to get your hair done, you went grocery shopping, you went clothes shopping, and then you went and visited your friend, that's a lot of variables in your day-to-day.
0: Yeah, I I feel, you know what it is? It seems like, as I think about it, that um, in your journey throughout the day, like when you just look at outside, you just look at the people sitting in the park or yourself sitting in the park or whatever, um, you're looking at, yes, the least likely scenario for getting it, but you are not, you kind of have a blind, putting a blind eye towards those times where you were in extremely uh, like, you know, really high risk situations, which is indoor anywhere. Um, So in a, in the subway, uh, in a store, I mean, you went in to get that one bottle of water and you came out, you walked into what is potentially a much more high risk scenario. For instance, we have little coffee shops here. And you know, you order your coffee and then you wait. And maybe you're only waiting five minutes at most. Uh, although sometimes it's even longer. There's a lot of people in there. You're inside in other words, it it whatever. It's it sounds like indoors is is the bad thing to Yeah, to it, be it generally aware of.
1: is the more surfaces you're around that you're touching, sort of the more risk that someone else touched that surface who was sick or who was in the process of getting sick, since we have like a pretty big asymptomatic or at least a, a significant enough asymptomatic chunk of the population.
0: Right. So take a you know let's do this. Take us through a visit to the hair salon. Which by the way, I I miss my hairdresser Jackie at Devishan, an excellent place if you have curly hair. Dev, this is a free plug for Devashan Hair Salon <laughs> down in uh um Soho in uh Manhattan. Uh and I've been seeing Jackie for almost 30 years. And so we've been communicating. So we see each other on Facebook and all this kind of stuff. We talk about getting back together. Now, Jackie, interestingly just got, she posted, um, she got trained in how to safely do whatever, you know, to, to do her hairstyling. And it's pretty, it's a high end salon. Um, but they haven't opened yet anyway. So, um, but in that little news story, we just listened to people were doing, trying to do all kinds of things. So, Take us through what are the danger zones we're going through. So we get there in our car, let's say. From that point, if it's the kind of place where you drive, which we don't do in New York, but <laughs> <laughs> this place is in suburbia. So um, you leave your house. You're, let's say you're okay. You go into the car. You're okay. You get out. You're crossing the parking lot. You're probably okay.
1: Yep. The first thing you're probably going to run into is the doorknob. Doorknobs are like the single most touched surface i would think so doorknob is sort of your area of caution but people know that so it's probably been well sanitized
0: right because you would or go to the an electric uh, one of those automatic doors or something okay.
1: yeah no, that would be very nice you know we convert all of our doors to automatic for plague related reasons um and then you're gonna have to probably talk to someone talk to someone about your appointment whatever um but hopefully they have a face shield
0: which would be awesome um so are and we in danger? Let's say we survived the job the <laughs> situation or a door handle. And now we're at the, the yeah, and the person is checking us in. And let's say they are six feet away and they're wearing a mask. Um, and we're wearing a mask, probably okay still, right? We haven't
1: Yeah. And I think probably the the biggest thing that you're you're gonna run into is potentially problems when you're actually getting your hair cut. There's only so far that someone can stand away from you while they have to work on your head. Um, unless you have like Rapunzel style locks and they can pick them up from 20 yards away and cut the ends off of those, you, you know, they're probably going to have to be pretty close to you.
0: I think um, we're going to start, uh, seeing drones. You <laughs> can be controlled remotely. Now it'll be a while before anyone trusts, including myself, a drone that's wielding scissors. Oh yeah. Comb, I'm imagining
1: but- the clippers and that's not going to go well. <laughs>
0: Right. So the hairdresser said, now, now let's say this. So, so both you and the hairdresser are hairstylist, uh, are wearing masks. Are we in danger? And let's say, how long do you think a haircut takes? I mean, it could be 20.
1: I mean, it depends. I have long hair. So me getting a haircut takes like 45 plus minutes. Um, and you know, think about it. You might have to add extra time for the fact that everyone's been looking particularly feral. Um, yeah, not getting right. our haircuts for the last two, three months. <laughs> uh, for me, it's pushed mine back by uh, two, three months. I was desperately
0: in need of one before this. Began. Feral is a good, that's another thing. Just keep in mind if you need some extra mental power, to mental willpower to be cautious around people, everyone yeah. is feral. <laughs> you the look at the population is, well,
1: outside. They look totally feral. You don't want to go out of that
0: wasteland. Believe me, I look uh, feral. So, um, yeah, so, so, so we're sitting next to, I mean, can you... This is really what it comes down to is the masks.
1: The masks are not a protective bubble. So this goes into what we were saying the last time with, with masks, is that, you know, if someone's wearing a surgical mask, after about 15 minutes, droplets are going to be getting through. Granted, it's not as extensive as if you just weren't wearing a mask. It, it is collecting something of it. Um, but it's a little bit like wetting a paper towel. Like after a certain point, water is going to just flow through because it's wet. It's not going to do that much. Um and so if say your hairdresser is sick, if you're both still wearing a mask, there's a good chance you could pick up something on your fingers, and then smear that on your face later. Um, so definitely masks are not they're they're helpful. Oh my god, they're so much they are so helpful. I think a surgical mask blocks about eighty percent of particulates. Even a cloth mask will block about fifty. Any benefit is good, but it's not a magic shield. Just because you have a face mask on doesn't mean you're you know immune
0: yeah, um, i mean we've, we've seen healthcare workers in hospitals who have even in places where they had all the gear that they needed all the ppp.
1: Oh yeah. PPE. It's, it's it's not like a bubble suit. Um and so that it's still something that requires you to be in close contact with another person and if you know your hairdresser has been doing this for a lot of hours um that mask is not really as helpful as it could be and you know, you too, if you've also been, you know, in that mask forever running your errands around, Yeah, yep. you could be breathing stuff out too onto that surface that then your hairstylist is going to have to mop up and try to disinfect or possibly in the process of that get sick.
0: Right. So it's it's there's a lot of risks. Sur- Yeah. You mentioned the surface because I was really focused just on, well, breathe breath to breath. So if she's breathing, he or she is breathing into the air. And a tiny bit gets through the mask, and then you breathe a little bit of it and it gets through your mask. But what you're saying is actually it's more likely it gets through one mask, um, through whatever means, and goes onto a surface.
1: I mean, definitely both are possible, but I think surfaces are usually like the main thing
0: that was well, it. The surface can collect it. So, in other words, if if they aren't properly, if there's some spot that they're not sanitizing, for and you come there four or five hours into the day. It's had that long to uh, accumulate from wherever, I suppose. But um, let's suppose they're wiping down and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, they're, uh, when you go to get your hair washed, for instance, uh, if they're, I mean, can you, it's, it just seems like another place, right? Where they're washing your yeah, hair. I mean, leaning. so
1: I think the net result here is that, you know, the more, opportunities you have for contacting other people, the more opportunities there are for it to go wrong. Um, and yeah. And, and so, you know, you have to somehow have confidence that every single person that you're interacting with is taking the appropriate precautions, is doing everything right. And just statistically, that's totally improbable that everyone you're interacting with, of course, of, you know, you trying to go about your normal day in all of this, is doing everything correctly because the bottom line is as, as you know, some measures get relaxed, people are going to get more comfortable thinking that it's gone. And then you get, you know, giant pool parties or, you know, people meeting up with all of their friends again. Um, and something's bound to drop through.
0: Yep. And, uh, if you, it's it's one of those things, maybe just another way to help yourself, I feel like is if it's one of those things, it's like one in a thousand chances. Every time you've given yourself an opportunity you've you've just taken one of those chances,
1: yeah, exactly, and I think one of the things too that's important to keep in mind here is that you know it's easy to look at the statistics and say, well, you know my state um, especially like towards the midwest, they never really had a lot of cases, but they also weren't testing um, so if you didn't have a lot of cases but you also didn't have a good testing infrastructure, what the reality of what happened is Not that not many people got sick. It's that you never really got a good handle on how big the scope of the problem was to begin with. I mean, we test, just doing the math, World of Meters has a a tab now for um, how many tests have been done. I think we've done almost 15 million tests, but have almost 2 million people positive. So, I mean, there's like a, like I think eight people get tested for every one, like one out of eight people is infected of the people that we test, but that's still probably not a good handle on how many people actually have it. Um, Because eight people is not a lot of people to interact with in a given day. Um, So if you're just now assuming that this is like an open society and you're interacting with probably more like 20, 30 people a day, that's not a fast enough testing rate to keep up with how many people are now going to be in contact with you. And I think like Arkansas is now having a second spike because of this,
0: mm. yeah, they have, it's, it's interesting. Like when, when I see I see that number of cases, it's, there are two numbers that I always post. Of course, as soon as you turn on the TV, you're going to see the numbers of uh, those number of cases and number of deaths. So the first thing, I'll, a number that grabs your attention, is the much bigger number, and that's like 1.2 million, something oh, over yeah. a million, right?
1: I think I still have the tab open. It is let's see for the U.S. 1.6 million.
0: 1.6 million. Now, then you say, well, we're a big country, but blah, blah, blah. if they instead weren't called 1.6 million cases, but 1.6 million spreaders, or, you know, 1.6 million Corona fountains <laughs> or what, you know, contagious 1.6 million are contagious. That might wake people up. A little bit more, because then you look at the number of deaths, and it's always a little bit lower, but still shockingly high, and, and about to get you know across a hundred thousand in this country, which is terrible. Yeah, um, like
1: you look at our almost you know three hundred thirty-one million people, and compared to our you know one point six million infections, you're like, ah, hey, you know that's that's not as many, but it, you know this is exponential.
0: It's yeah, yeah, and from a cold mathematical standpoint, uh, the people who have died are not. 're they're, they're out of the equation that one the, the the important number is that in terms of just thinking about masks and should you go out and da 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 that high high number of cases is infected people who are spreading the infection now a number of them are going to be quarantined, but by no means I mean I'd love to know what percentage of those people who have the case- and then you know by the way, for every single one of those cases, every one of them. Had it before they were symptomatic.
1: Oh, and yes. Certainly definitely. certainly
0: had it before they were, almost certainly had it before they were tested. Oh, um, yeah. So the number, right, basically there's all these people going around with infection. So you would not go to the hair salon now. It's supposed to What would you do?
1: So to be honest, a lot of the stuff of that, I'm, I'm really waiting as long as possible for, because, you know, I think the criteria for reopening states, although a lot of states didn't follow it. Was that cases have to be dropping for 14 days straight? But that still means that you're getting more people infected. Just because the case like increase rate is like the case rate is no longer increasing, there is still an infection rate. Um, so it, it doesn't mean that, you know, you're completely out of the woods. So for me, I, I really feel like, you know, I'll get my haircut probably in like if everything continues to go down and say ideal case scenario. This is decreasing. It's almost over, which is not what's happening at all. Um, I would get my hair cut somewhere around like August. But for me, I view it as like, it's a service that I, I don't require. And I don't feel like I could do it without endangering other people or the people in my apartment with me. Like I would be taking a risk essentially for them that they wouldn't agree to.
0: Um, you know, that's another thing to think about. Again, I don't think people... It's hard to keep all these things in your mind at the same time. But yeah, you, it's not just you going out, you're bringing home. Everyone yeah. who comes back into the house is bringing it home from wherever they went.
1: Yeah. You're, you're bringing that risk onto other people, um, yeah. which is probably a, a better way to look at it as of like, oh, you know, I went out, I took that risk. I'm fine with it. Well, yeah. are all of the people you live with fine with it? Are you fine with you infecting your whole family? it's It's really something that you have to think about, even though it's it's kind of overwhelming like how many different factors you have to juggle, but I feel like it's it's sort of par for the course. this is a pandemic like it's going to be inconvenient and mess up your life
0: right It's sort of like if you know if you live in a place where different people might be buying groceries on different days, it's like everybody comes home with new groceries. Hey, look what I brought here. I brought some corona oh yeah <laughs> um, it's
1: it's one of these things where it's like you know this plague is, is, is not about you. So it, it stinks that, you know, we're all affected and it stinks. Um, but you know, this is about the people
0: that it's, If a virus literally stank stinked <laughs> that it stank. Boy, that'd be help. Imagine how much easier it would be.
1: Oh yeah. You'd know how to stay away from it.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so lastly, I just want to end with that. Feel- what was the feeling? Tell me your, your experience. You were walking down the street because I think you're it's one thing. For, every, different people have emotions. But when a person who really knows what they're talking about has a reaction, it's it's worth paying attention to. So you went out for the first time and encountered a New York City street. Tell us that.
1: Yeah. I mean, so I I stayed inside for I think it was like 60 days um, essentially because I knew I could and that I, you know, was one less person on the street.
0: You literally um, didn't go out for 60 days.
1: Yeah. I mean, I took the brief stint to, to my parents, um, which included me getting into the car actually in the building's garage.
0: Wow. Um, so, this is some David Blaine level.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was,
0: That's impressive.
1: I, I was surprised that I was very okay with it. Um, but I guess <laughs> I've been a little bit more of an introvert, so that was fine. Um, but, you know, when I finally did decide to go outside, I was... It, definitely gave me a lot of anxiety because, you know, it would have been one thing if everyone was wearing their masks. It would have been one thing if, you know, people were cognizant of where they were. But I feel like a lot of the people that I passed were treating it just like New York, but with masks. Um, So there weren't a lot of efforts to move away. Like, you know, there's still the guy smoking in the middle of the sidewalk with his mask pulled down. I'm like, you are actively breathing particles into my airspace. Like, what? What? But part of that went past the critical thinking filters and just, you know, the amount of people that I've seen walking, but with their masks pulled down in their chin or, you know, mask pulled down to have a conversation on the phone as they're also walking. You know, there are definitely some things where, you know, you got to think if you if you can see people in your sight line, just pull the mask up and don't have your nose hanging up because that defeats the purpose of the mask. That's but- right.
0: Now, chin chin mask in particular, that is a rampant
1: Chin masks really bothered me. I'm like, you went out with the mask. You went out knowing that you needed the mask. And then you just didn't pull it up over your face.
0: So why why is that wrong for those people who are heading out this morning who are going to go out and they're going to do a chin mask situation sometime during the day?
1: It totally is. I've seen cops
0: doing it. I've seen, you know, everybody.
1: Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's one thing if you are completely alone, if you live in a place where you can be in the wilderness, there is no one around you except maybe your dog. You can chin mask it. But if you see someone coming up on that path and that, you know, lonely road that no one else exists on, you pull that up over your face. And, you know, the amount of people I've seen chin masking it in New York City where, you know, there's still a lot of people, um, you know, the density of this place did not change. Uh, you you got to pull it up over your face. Having it doesn't m- protect you at all or protect other people around you. It's a little bit like going out with your dog. Your dog poops on the sidewalk and you have poop bags and then you walk away. Like, you are fully equipped to do what is best for society and you have elected to ignore doing that.
0: And it's a little bit now... Gin mask is like pooping on the ground.
1: Yeah. Totally. And and not scooping it up despite (laughs) the fact that you have a scooper with you.
0: You're pooping into the air. You're (laughs) not scooping up. Also, there's some... I I saw this might be again, a little bit more in the um, edge case situation, but they're saying, you know, your chin is not a clean place. So, uh, you know, you put your mask down on your chin. You've now just scooped up everything that was on your chin and then you're just slamming it back into your face.
1: Well, yeah, and if you're moving your mask, like you shouldn't really be touching your mask that often. Like, Like I would say that you could probably like adjust it easily on the sides if it's something where like it's coming down. But when you have to like put your hands over your mask, and that mask is, again, being worn for a while. It's probably a little wet at that point. Eh, stuff's coming through the barrier. It's, you're, you're not doing yourself any favors.
0: Right. So no chin masks.
1: Please, no chin masks.
0: Oh, okay. There's only one thing worse than chin masks, and that's neck masks.
1: Oh, my God. There's disgusting. Or, <laughs> Neck masks or, or the one that bothers me second is I think the nose hanging out.
2: Because uh-huh, like okay. it
1: doesn't look yeah. right. Like you, I feel like doctor movies are par enough for the course in American society. Like you've seen people wear a mask in the media. Like it just, just pull it up over your notes.
0: Yeah. I like, like, uh, I think I also mentioned on the show, maybe uh, one or two episodes ago that I was in the coffee shop and uh, waiting for my coffee. And there was a young couple there um, and the young lady whenever she talked to her boyfriend, would pull her mask down so she could speak
1: <laughs> and then put it back up, you know? That is exactly, like, the in- like if- the inverse of that. Like, if you were just walking around but then put the mask on when you had to talk to people, that would be a lot more acceptable than if you were pulled the mask down to talk to people. Like, any time where you are exhaling in the direction of another person, you should have that mask on. And it's going to be inconvenient. It's going to stink to breathe, but don't be like that woman in Kentucky who cut a hole in the center of her mask. <laughs> that defeats the purpose of the mask.
0: <laughs> Literally defeats the mask. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll always come back to Matthew McConaughey's wise words. And if you go go back, I think we we did a spectacular episode, that, and that's the one you're talking about. You did uh, before you went out. Um, Matthew McConaughey says, "You know, this is actually a chance for you to be proud. Be you know, do something, take part, be proud about you, wear your mask, and take care. And you're caring for other people. Um, so thank you. So yeah. So the danger is." Um, if you go out, uh, and you want to be with people today, let's say if you're listening to this actually on Memorial day and you want to go out and you want to have a barbecue, um, what would you, what's the limit? How, how far would you go? For I, I have friends who've said, for instance, one friend of mine said, uh, they're getting together. It's going to be maybe six or seven people. They're having a little barbecue. Uh, they're going, they say they're going to just stay socially distant. I'm not sure how exactly. Uh, and if it rains, they were going to go in the garage. <laughs> I said, well, just make sure you leave the door open in the garage. But even before we got to the garage, is are people having like a block party? A block party, I think, would probably be a little extensive.
1: But like there small, are definitely... Let's small.
0: So let's say, like they've been saying groups of 10 people. So let's say 10 people got together and they stayed six feet apart.
1: Yeah, so there are ways to do this the right way. I mean, one, if you're making food that's being shared by everyone... To a certain extent, I would think that that increases your risk mm-hmm. of stuff. Mm-hmm. If, if you made it and I guess maybe parceled it out so then it wasn't being like, you know, one communal, communal spoon or whatever that everyone's handling, that'd probably be a little easier. Um,
0: right, but the plates, the cooler that the drinks are in, all these things have to be. Uh,
1: yeah, or, you know, something that you, you can easily disinfect between people touching it. Um, and I think it's one of these things, too, where, you know, it's easier if you've defined your quarantine group. So if I know my quarantine group is going to be, say, the people currently in my apartment and then the maybe three people in another apartment in the building, that's fine. We can hang out because we know that we're the only people in our social group. Or if for some reason we break that, you know, I would probably not go. I would probably not touch any other people for essentially two weeks. I I would go back into some kind of quarantine um, to make sure that that event didn't risk other people that I might be in contact with having a barbecue with all of your friends and then not necessarily guaranteeing that they're all taking this seriously and then going out and having a barbecue with another
0: set of your friends. It's probably just mixing the pools together and not very safe for anyone involved. Basically, the whole thing falls down. um, If it hasn't already fallen down within the group, uh, it falls down at the borders of your quarantine group. Yeah. In other words, if you're, you're if, if you don't create an actual quarantine group, for instance, and you go to the park, you have just increased the size of your quarantine group to a thousand people or something.
1: Yeah. And, and trying to throw, you know, big parties is, again, like you can't guarantee that someone didn't, you know, justify to themselves, oh, I'll just go, you know, meet with this one person. It's totally going to be fine. Like, no big deal. It's, you know, it's very easy to make small justifications like this ha- that have consequences for a lot of other people that you know or may interact with.
0: Yeah, it's those tiny little things, you know, those little moments of like, oops, I just print, uh, 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 uh. got coffee the other day and then I had to pay for it. And I we were standing at a little table that the cafe had set up at the front door so you couldn't go in at all. The, the person serving the coffee was inside, but then I had to go pay for it and they had just set up this thing. And so their cashier, their iPad that did the uh, took the payments was still way back in the thing inside and so i said oh do you take apple pay and he said oh it's okay give me your phone and so i knew it but i was like (laughs) okay i gave him the phone and then he went and took it and then he brought it It was like you didn't see that that was a total violation yeah like it was the whole thing was pointless at that point Uh, so i used hand hand answer it's little things
1: like that and i don't want to necessarily say like you know traumatize anyone and be like you know don't go outside you know stay on lockdown you know you you really want to think about the actions that you're making and it's effect on other people so yes you can go out and you can have a barbecue with you know, your friends and family, but, you know, make sure that you know that your friends and family haven't also been, you know, getting out and about with all of their friends this weekend. Um, and that you're coming into like a congregation of all of their exposures to other people over the last, you know, couple of weeks.
0: I love the idea of the quarantine group. I think that's not, actually I'm going to take that up on, on the the main show at some point, like a whole society where like you really want to be rigid about that. People have to sign up you know, have to be more rigid even than the Facebook groups that ask you three ridiculous questions.
1: (laughs) Well, I think it's kind of useful too. Like, you know, I definitely know this whole thing has been hard on people, especially, you know, who are used to seeing more people and who really enjoy that. And, you know, friends of mine have successfully made quarantine groups where they've agreed this is the entire boundary of our social contact. And it's worked out fairly well. Um, And but that's the thing. They defined it right when they began. They're like, these are the only people that we're interacting with, um, and if something happened that would have broken that, it's you know the responsibility to notify the entire group. That's the isolation group.
0: Wow. And are these fellow science people, medical people that thought to do that?
1: A mix. So the predominant. So it's it's my boyfriend and his friends. So predominantly like engineers, computer science people. Um, but it's a pretty smart thing to do. So
0: yes. Yes. It's a little bit like uh GitHub, a shout out to the <laughs> tech people. You something you check in, you check out, you know, everyone knows where it's been. All right. Gabby, thank you so much. And this was a, this was an extended one, but I feel like really diving in on the whole mask thing. And the contagion thing is important, especially today as people are heading out wherever you are. So stay safe. Uh, don't take any of your one in a thousand or one in a hundred thousand chances. You're using them all up. And by the way, that, that doesn't go back to zero when you leave. Those yeah, no. you you took out of the your allotment of a, a million choices. They're going to keep going. Um, and uh, keep an eye out for those little blind spots, that quick little moment. You just sort of slacked off and so forth. And uh, make a quarantine group. Lock yourselves. In, I love that. Packed <laughs> quarantine group. That's going to be, yeah, that's just, eventually that's going to evolve into some sort of walking dead uh, situation where like rival Quarantine groups are at war (laughs) with each each other, fighting
1: over hand sanitizer.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even worse, you know, well, somebody violated. You discover that someone had violated the quarantine group and did not reveal it. While they and
1: you have to lock them in the room, and that's right, outcasted.
0: You, they have to be be sent to get a haircut (laughs) and left. They just the that's that's the mark.
1: Actually, they get their head shaved. It's the only way you know it marks them different from the rest of us. Feral.
0: It's happened (laughs) and. (laughs) <laughs> haircut thing uh also here's an opportunity uh business opportunity for hair salons i think become like a a spa like a resort basically you go and you've got to stay there 14 days and you can't leave the spa you know until Ooh. you've shown that you are free and so a lot of people might decide to suddenly keep reinfecting themselves so they can stay at the spa but there's a business opportunity for everyone take it up Gabby, thank you. Um, Thank you for helping us all understand what to do. Um, Because I know there's a lot of actual science behind everything you're saying. So that's awesome. Uh, Next week, uh, we will take up another news story, another angle. Um, We will see. Will the cases be going up? Will they not? Hopefully not. But either way, we'll talk about it. And uh, there'll be some other crazy news story that we will latch on to and use it as a gateway to talk real science and real health and real precaution and healing so um is is this always the strangest uh phrase i feel like we say happy memorial day but happy memorial day (laughs) uh let's say this appropriately commemorated memorial day
1: yeah that sounds much
0: better (laughs) whatever the appropriate thing is we salute uh and i definitely salute all the veterans out there i happen to know a number of you and uh, absolutely salute you and we salute all those who have fought for our country and in every way possible now, and that includes people just working in hospitals, people working in grocery stores, all that kind of stuff. We are all veterans now. Um, email us feedback at whattheif.com. com. You can learn more about this uh, little news program and our regular show uh, at whattheif.com, uh, and you can hear all our other episodes there. We are also on Twitter, What the If Show, and we are on Facebook, What the If, and so now. To close out, do we have a, every week I keep trying to, this is a new show, so I keep trying to come up with a phrase. What What would you say? What's the last?
1: I mean, uh, I don't know. The last thing I th- think is just don't be a covid
0: idiot. D- <laughs> oh, <laughs> don't be a covid idiot. Be safe.